0: another episode here on the Mowing in the Dark podcast. Thank you so much. I just repeated myself. <laughs> How the heck are you guys doing today? It is a beautiful day here on in the back porch studio or on the back porch studio. I've got the old umbrella up i've got because the sun is beating down it's been super dry here there's a train coming in the background i don't know if you guys can hear it but i can hear it in my headphones we're just going to keep right on chugging along here though because a lot of times i can't even hear the trains in the background when i listen back to the podcast so guys it is just a beautiful day it's 81 degrees here it's sunny a few clouds in the sky, but not too bad. It's wonderful. Today, though, it was a little frustrating. The lawns here are really drying out, and it's uh, it's just dry. And so we're having to skip a lot of lawns here, and it's just not... It gives me heart palpitations a little bit because... You know, most of my lawns aren't irrigated. I have a few that are irrigated, but by and large, most of them are not irrigated. And it uh, the lawns tend to dry out this time of year, but we it's been a few weeks without significant rain. Uh, we got some thunderstorms last night, which was great, but I don't think we got quite enough rain, and so we really could use the rain. So if you're a praying person, Uh, send up those prayers for rain for Michigan because we need it Uh, also send up some prayers for California they need rain too so today guys uh, I want to talk about customer service and what makes what makes customer service so important in business what differentiates different businesses from each other and uh it it's something that we have to focus on, even in our lawn care businesses, even when we don't spend a lot of time with the clients, we need to have really good customer service and good communication. So that's something I want to talk about today. First of all, though, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to podcast, to this podcast, leave us a rating and review. That would just be Awesome. Uh, we need as much social proof as we can get for this podcast. Uh, this is like episode number 32, 33, 34, somewhere in there. And, uh, we really need that social proof going forward to keep growing the podcast. We're growing slightly, but I really want to grow this thing, uh, faster than it's growing right now. So, uh, Yeah. If you would do that, that would be awesome. This podcast is a part of the Lawn Care Brothers Unite Challenge, which is a group of us guys podcasters that are trying to just throw out as many podcasts as we can before the Equip Expo. And uh, some of the guys that are in that, some of the podcasts that are in that, are Lawn Care Talk with Tony Rudolph. We've got uh, the Lawn Care Life out of Missouri. Cameron Duncan. We've got, uh, the lawn care community podcast. I think they decided to join up on it. Um, there's another guy I can never remember his name. Uh, but he's an awesome guy. His podcast is pretty sweet. Uh, let's see if I can find him here. Oh, I'm scrolling. We're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling the lawn care together podcast. Um, that's a great podcast as well. So head on over to wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out all of those podcasts. They're they're amazing podcasts. They, they really have a lot of great information. Uh, this podcast here, we talk about anything and everything. So we talk about lawn care. We talk about life. We talk about spiritual things. We talk about social issues. That's what kind of makes this podcast a little bit different uh, because I I get bored with just lawn care content. And so I figure some of you guys probably do too. So, you know, we do all different kinds of podcasts and we're going to keep doing it because I heard Gary V say one time in a video, stop making content that doesn't, that doesn't make your heart happy. And so lawn care kind of makes my heart happy. Talking about social issues from a Biblical worldview perspective makes my heart happy. Talking about relationships makes my heart happy, all that stuff. So, we're just going to make the content and hopefully you guys stick around and listen. So, today's podcast, we're talking about customer service. I spent 10 years of my life in retail and so I have quite a bit of customer service experience. It is my opinion that I think everyone should spend at least one year. In the retail industry, it's just a really good industry to get your feet wet with customer service, dealing with people, learning how to talk with people, learning how to talk with customers that are not happy, that are upset with you or with your product, and it just it teaches you so much. So, I, I I'm a big believer in getting that customer service experience and it has helped me out a lot in my business so I've been reading this book it's by Thomas Sowell it's called Basic Economics this is like a what is it it's like a 600 page book it's a huge book so I've been reading it for a long time I just finished what was it chapter oh gosh I'm looking here chapter nine, and it was on marketing or market and non-market economics. And it's been a pretty interesting chapter and it's taken me a while to get through it just because I don't have a ton of time to read, to sit down and read. But at the end of this chapter, uh, Thomas Sowell started talking about McDonald's and, and Ray Kroc and just the, the things that he did and, in the beginning, to differentiate McDonald's from all the other restaurants. Now, I know Ray Kroc did not actually found McDonald's. He kind of, essentially, he stole it from the actual creators of McDonald's by using his business acumen and things like that. If you've ever watched uh, the movie The Founder, um, you've kind of seen that story, at least their depiction of it. But Thomas Sowell really brought out some good points here. And I want to start this this podcast off by just reading this part here. All right. So Ray Kroc's, I'm quoting now, Ray Kroc's zealous insistence on maintaining McDonald's reputation for cleanliness paid off at a crucial junction in the early years when he desperately needed a loan to stay in business. For the financer or financier who toured the McDonald's restaurants uh, said later, if the parking lots had been dirty, if the help had grease stains on their aprons, and if the food wasn't good, McDonald's never would have gotten the loan. Simply, Kroc's good relations with his suppliers, people who sold paper cups, milk, uh, napkins, etc., at McDonald's, had saved him before, before when these suppliers agreed to lend him money to bail him out of an early financial crisis. Ray Kroc was insistent on cleanliness, at least at first. Um, as we all know over the years, McDonald's are not the cleanest places anymore, but they still pump out acceptable food and things like that so i mean it's still they're still fairly clean i mean if you go into a mcdonald's now a lot of them have been remodeled to look more like a coffee house type thing because they've you know they've gone big into the coffee industry now and so they do try to keep a clean appearance but as they're losing staffing that's some of that has fallen by the wayside but i do have to say a lot of their restaurants are still pretty clean but in our industry, in the lawn care industry, let me translate that into this, okay? So maybe we're, we're not in need of, of loans necessarily, but our clean appearance, our clean trucks, our clean equipment can translate into people seeing that while we're out on the job and say, wow, that's an attractive company. Maybe I'll contact them to do my lawn care work. And yes, that's kind of more marketing, but that can also translate into customer service because, um, they form that first opinion and then we need to transition. Once we get them on the hook, they're kind of hooked by the cleanliness. Once we get them on the hook, now we have to have good customer service. We have to talk to these people and, and communicate what we do properly. And customer service really comes into play after you've had the client, you're doing work for the client and they find a problem with your service. Now customer service really comes into play. So I've had a few instances, my first customer, my, my first ever client that I had, she's passed away now, but I'm still mowing her lawn. They just sold her house. She passed away last year. They just sold her house. So I'm, I'm done uh, mowing her lawn on July 11th and so she would always find something to talk to me about she would pop her head out the door she would holler my name Aaron! and then she would she would most of the time she was just lonely and just wanted to have a conversation but there was times when she would find little things to complain about just little things and it was frustrating I'm not gonna lie it was really really frustrating. Um, she was very picky about her edges. She was very picky about just different things. And then she would ask me to do extra things. And so I would end up doing these extra things. And here's why I did those extra things. I could have said, no, I could have said, Oh, I'm sorry. That's not something I do. That's not something I do. I don't. I don't climb up on ladders and replace your gutter guards. I don't. I don't uh, remove your gutter guards to clean out the stuff that's in the gutters and replace your gutter guards. I don't do that. I could have said that, but I chose not to. Uh, she had these really cheap gutter guards that you just bend and they just sit in the gutter. And they're really terrible gutter guards. I wouldn't even call them a gutter guard. But she had these things. It's like a screen. And um, they would blow out. If there was a storm, two or three of these things would blow out. And so she'd ask me to replace them, put them back up. And, of course, I would always do it. And I did it for free. Uh, And that, while her and I had arguments. Sometimes we got in disagreements. Uh, she'd get mad at me every now and again. And, um, like I would at first, when I first started, uh, she insisted on being a, on a 10 day schedule, me being new in the business, I didn't know any better. So I said, sure, we can do that. And, um, it was quickly apparent to me that she needed to be serviced more than on a 10 day schedule. And so I said, can we go to weekly? No, she would not go to weekly. My lawn, my grass doesn't grow fast enough to go to weekly, but her grass did grow fast enough. She wanted to wait until her grass was about 10 inches tall before it was mowed. And and she wanted her lawn bagged every week. Um, So it was just, it was frustrating, but I I did it. And I, I gave her a really good price. And, you know, we would argue about things. Eventually, I made her go to a two-week schedule because it was not working with all my other clients. It wasn't working to do the 10-day thing. So I had to move her to two every two weeks. And at first, she was really upset about that. She stopped talking to me for about a month after that. And that was really nice. Actually, I kind of liked that, but, uh, then she, she got brave and came out and talked to me again. And she said, you know, I really don't like that. You put me on a two week schedule, but I understand why you have to do it. And she would get mad. And, and then she, you know, she would start talking to me again. And, and all the while, you know, I just kept servicing the lawn, doing a good job, trying to do everything I could to make her happy. She was not a happy person. She, she never smiled. She never had a smile on her face, but over time that relationship built as we worked together and we worked out issues and we kept working together. And she, she was with me for seven years until she passed away. And She recommended me to her neighbors. She recommended me to anyone that asked her because I was willing to go the extra mile and put up with her bull crap. And she, you know, in her last two years, she said, you know, you've been willing to put up with my, my BS. And, um, that really stuck out to me because not a lot of people stuck around in her life because she was a very difficult person to get along with. And, so customer service in that instance kept, kept the business. Now I should have let her go a long time ago, but she, again, she didn't have a lot of people in her life. She was not a very nice person, but I kept working with her and we just had that working relationship where I was miserable, not getting paid a ton of money, but still keeping up with the lawn. And I, I served her well. And Sometimes in customer service, it pays off to serve people well, even if they treat you poorly. You will learn that in customer service, that even if you get treated poorly, you still need to treat people well. And it is so important to do that because you never know what is around the corner, who they might recommend to you or who they might, uh, recommend you to, I don't know how to word it, but you get what I'm saying. It's so important. I've had other people that have really gotten on my case about something and you know, okay, that's fine. I I really, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize profusely. I'm, I just want to To do everything I can to rectify the situation, make the client happy. I've got another instance where I was trimming a client's hedges with a uh, pull extender hedge trimmer um, with a like a PAS system or a Combi system, and. What happened is the homeowner came out and kind of snuck up behind me and startled me. And I lifted the, the trimmer up and I clipped their cable line. And her husband is a huge Detroit Tigers fan. And the cable went out immediately and there was a Tigers game on and he got really irate. Now he didn't come out and talk to me, but she was, she took the brunt of his stuff for me, because I had I had been with this couple for a very long time at that point, two years at least, and worked very hard for them, was diligent, did everything I could to keep them happy. And they were happy. And, um, you know, I, I just said, you know, figure out what I'm so sorry, figure out what it costs to have that replaced or repaired, and I I'd be happy to pay for it. And so two weeks went by, she, uh, I was there and she came out and she said, don't worry about having to pay for that cable line. Uh, the cable repairman came out. He said that cable was so brittle that a squirrel walking across it could have knocked it out. So she said, just don't worry about it. It's replaced. It's all good. I was like, oh my goodness, that that's awesome and she said, you know, you work really hard for us, you treat us well and it we're we're very happy with the work that you do. So it was it was so refreshing to know that my customer service paid off. That treating them well paid off for me. And that same client they had the they used to have a pool and they filled it in with dirt. And they still have this light, this short little light post that sticks up out of the ground. Um, No light bulb in it. Didn't even work as far as I know. It wasn't hooked up. Uh, And last fall, I was mulching leaves on their lawn and I had to stop and I stopped right in front of that pole and I was in a hurry and I had to hop off and pick something up. And then I hopped back on the mower. I wasn't thinking because I was in such a hurry and I just... Popped the mower forward and ran right over that, that light fixture and busted it off. And it was, oh my gosh, it was so humiliating having to go knock on the door and say, hey, I'm really sorry. I knocked over that little light post you have in the back. Uh, you know, again, I said, you know, just call whoever you want to call. Uh, have them come out whatever it costs to repair it i'll pay for it and again in the same instance they they didn't even get it repaired they just said oh it's no big deal so it when you treat people well when you when you show up when you say you're going to show up when you do really good work when you communicate to your clients when you try when you go the extra mile they really appreciate that and that is textbook Customer service. So you have to be able to do that, even if you're in a situation where you feel like you've done the right thing and they are upset about it. They're maybe they're even getting hot under the collar, and they're maybe they start talking down to you. I don't. I don't allow anyone to talk down to me. But. If they're just mad, they're not talking down to me, they're just mad, and they're expressing that, I just let them go. I just let them rant, and I apologize profusely. I do whatever I can to rectify the situation, and that pays dividends in the long run. So this might seem like a left turn, but I just finished up dinner with the family. So I'm going to jump into a different topic with customer service here. I want to compare UPS with the U.S. Postal Service. Okay, For a long time, the U.S. Postal Service was the only thing that would deliver packages. And then UPS came along and they started taking a lot of the share from uh, USPS. And what makes... USP, or I'm sorry, UPS different than USPS. Well, first of all, UPS doesn't deliver mail. They just deliver packages and they do it really, really well. Um, I don't know if you've had, I mean, I've had a lot of really, really good UPS drivers in my life uh when i worked at a it was like a factory when i worked there we had an awesome ups driver several of them actually and they always show up and they have a smile on their face even if they're unloading a ton of packages they have a smile on their face they're working hard they're they're friendly they're just wonderful people our ups driver here at where that comes to our house he knows that I have a lawn care business. Every time he sees me, he asks me how business is going, what's going on, you know, how's, how's, how's everything going? He is super nice and he'll take a second. I mean, he can't stand there forever, but he'll take just a second and find out how I'm doing, how the family's doing, how the business is doing in just a small, short interaction He's always got an upbeat attitude, always has a smile on his face. If he sees me driving down the road, he'll wave. I mean, I, I got to tell you, that's awesome. I love it. I love our UPS drivers. Our USPS drivers, however, they are cold. They they have an attitude. They are... They just feel like they're they've got a chip on their shoulder, like they don't want to be doing what they're doing. They seem like they're bored, they're angry, they're unmotivated. It's just, I don't even want to be around them. It it's just a different breed of people, and I'm not sure. I guess the differentiating factor in all this is that maybe the UPS driver has incentive financially. Maybe there isn't a union for the UPS driver. I don't know. I have no idea. I know they get good training. I know they're paid well. I also know the USPS drivers and mailed people are paid well. But I do know that they're in a union. And I know that with when you have a union I know this from working in the hospital. When you have a union, people's attitudes change. And people tend to have a really poor attitude when you're in a union because it is all about you. It's not about the team. It's not about any of that. You're there to get yours in any way you can. So if it's, you're tired today, I'm just not feeling it today. And you don't have to give 110% because you know that you're not going to get fired. You can't get fired for that. You're protected by the union. So you can be as lazy as you want to be. I worked with one lady in the hospital. She literally would sleep on the job she would sit in a chair and sleep on the job it took the hospital a year and a half to fire her a year and a half because of the union mess and it took her messing up royally before they would fire her i i knew the first day that i worked with her she should have been gone but they she had been there for like 20 some years and been pulling this stuff probably for that long. How is that helping anyone? She had terrible customer service. She had terrible bedside manner and her attitude just sucked. But she was in a union. She was protected. She could do all this different stuff. It took a year and a half from a terrible incident for her to be fired. It just seems so ridiculous to me that it takes that long for someone in a union to be let go when they're doing a terrible job. And that's why I never joined the union. I was still under the union rules, but I didn't have to pay dues, which was nice. But I worked my butt off in the hospital I mean, I worked as hard as I could. I tried to be as good as I could, and other people just they a lot of people phoned it in. they just didn't care. And I found that I, I couldn't I couldn't stomach that anymore. and that's why ultimately why I left the hospital is because it was they were just a lot of the people there were just out for themselves to get what they could get. And that's, in my opinion, that's what, that's the atmosphere a union creates. And so I don't like that. But the difference between UPS and USPS, I believe it's all about attitude. First and foremost, it's all about the attitude. And then after that, it's work ethic. After that, it's, it's, um, communication, things like that. But first and foremost, it's all about the attitude. So I've seen I've seen uh, lawn care people who talk about their customers, and they talk about a conversation they may have had with a cu- a client, and they start saying, you know, they talk about what they told this person, and I'm just floored that they would talk to a client that way. It doesn't matter if. If they're being rude to you or whatever, grow some thick skin and either say, Okay, well, it doesn't look like we're going to work out. I'm sorry we couldn't do more for you. Or suck it up and keep working. But don't ever talk to a client in a rude manner. You can be firm. You can be firm with a client but don't be don't be like rude about it. Don't have that rude attitude. Have that humble attitude of look, I'm trying to do everything I possibly can for you. That is the biggest thing with customer service is you have to put your best foot forward every day. You have to put your best face best face on every single day to improve the relationship between you and your clients. It is so important. It It's what makes this industry fun to be in is dealing with really good, happy clients when you provide a wonderful, uh, just top notch service where you're not getting called back every week. You like, I haven't gotten a call back in, gosh I don't think I've ever gotten a call back maybe once by my by by the old lady that I was talking about earlier maybe once but every other time I don't get any calls back because they're satisfied with the work that I've done and it it just works really well and I, I work extremely hard to make sure the client is happy before I leave the property. And if I'm not happy with it, I know that the client probably isn't going to be happy with it. So I treat their lawns like I treat my lawn. I, I work as hard as I can to make that lawn look really, really nice. Now granted, most of the time I'm just cutting the grass, but I work really hard to make it look super nice and I'm finding that most people don't have that. Uh, the owner, the business owner probably does, but I'm finding with my son, uh, Marcus, that when we're out working and he's trimming, I have to have him go back over things again and again and again until he gets it right. Because it, it, if he's trimming, it looks shaggy. It doesn't look crisp. It doesn't look clean. There's stragglers, there's things standing there and I have to continually watch over his shoulder because he just, he doesn't seem to get it yet. And so I have to watch him because I want him to provide the same high quality service that I provide. And so that's part of the reason I haven't brought on employees is because I just don't think they're going to provide that same quality service. That I want for my clients, uh, and I get it. Employees aren't gonna aren't gonna live up to that standard, and I have to get over that. I know that if I want to really grow the company, but it it is what it is. I have to either continue solo or get over the fact that my employees are not going to do as good a job as I would do. So. Guys, that's my thoughts on customer service. I know it, it seemed kind of shallow, but when you really think about it, um, that's the basics of customer service and what, what we have to really do. It's not that hard to give good customer service. It's really not. It's pretty simple when you boil it down. But you just have to have that good attitude, realize that you need to be humble when you approach any situation, and take extreme ownership, whether you did something or didn't. Now, I draw the line at like a a broken window that I clearly didn't break, that logically there's just no way that I could have broke it. Now, I've never broken a window, knock on wood, but someday I might. And that is what it is. I'm planning, you know, I'll pay for that, whatever. But you, you have to take that extreme ownership if something definitely was your fault. Uh, so that's what I have for you today, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Please remember to leave us a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever wherever you listen to it, leave a rating and review there. You guys are welcome to give me any feedback that you might have about the podcast. Uh, you can instant message me at Aaron Sutter on Facebook, or you can send me an email at at gmail.com. You can even send me a message on Instagram. I don't check it very often, but I do check it every once in a while and I will get that eventually. So guys, thanks again for listening and I will see you in the next episode.